Once again, it's on. This is the Sanchez Show, the sports podcast influenced by hip hop, where every now and then we sprinkle in some pop culture and we definitely get into some of these social issues. I am your host, Eric Sanchez, a.k.a. Legend in Two Games. Make sure you follow me on all social media platforms. It's Legend in Two Games, completely spelled out, L-E-G-E-N-D-I-N-T-W-O-G-A-M-E-S. Today is Tuesday, June 30th, 2020, man. It's late night Monday, but early morning Tuesday. Um, This is episode three. Appreciate the support. Appreciate the feedback on the first two episodes. As I always mention, if you got a sports topic that you want to hear discussed or debated, uh, reach out to me, man. I'm always uh, willing to get into it. Um, With that being said as well, make sure you uh, give me a follow on social media, subscribe to the podcast, be on the lookout, some content coming up on YouTube very soon as well. Let's get into some of these talks, man. We got a lot of sports news to discuss over the next few minutes, but I want to start out by saying tonight was a major, major victory for hip-hop and the culture itself. Fab and Jada put on during their versus battle. Uh, In my personal opinion, it was the best versus battle we've seen during the quarantine. I am a little biased um, from the standpoint of Fab is in my top five. Jada is just outside of my top five. Both those guys are top 10 uh, rappers of all time, lyricists, hip hop artists, however you want to categorize it. They're in any top 10 list and they're probably in a lot of top five lists as well. So they put on for the culture tonight and it's a win for everybody. Um, there were a lot of people keeping score. I was keeping track early on. And then right around the fifth or sixth song, I kind of stopped. Um, I do feel Jada jumped out quick. Jada was was coming with some street classics. And, you know, just the songs themselves, but the bars with him was was crazy. He, he was just dropping heat early on. And I thought Fab was trying to keep up with the street side of the music as opposed to just putting out his bangers. Later on, we started hearing some of the, the, the classic songs and the big radio singles that Fab had. Um, but by then it was a little too late because again, Jada had kind of built up this momentum early on. He started to slow down in the second half and granted some of that was that, you know, that do say in a rock that we saw on, on camera, but ultimately Jada jumped out quick. Fab made it close late. The real winner tonight is hip hop and the culture, man. They put on for us. Um, it's great to see these dudes, the longevity they've had in the game, um, then, you know, obviously Jada side of things, becoming a solo artist and really pushing his name out there, um, aside from just being part of the locks. Um, those guys, you know, have blessed us with so much mixtape mixtape content, radio singles, classic joints, bars, quotables, um, to actually putting out an album together, um, to doing his verses. And, and the respect was so obvious because there were times where, you know, Jada's song might be playing and Fab is reciting the line or vice versa. You know, Fab's song is playing and Jada's reciting the line and they continue to remind us all night about the brotherhood they have, man. So it was a great win um, for everyone who, who tuned in. It was the best battle to me. And right now the after party's still going on with Clue and Envy. So major win for the hip hop community, for the culture, uh, for Versus as well, because uh, they were able to lock us in for several hours. Um, but yeah, it, it was a beautiful thing, man. Um, with that being said, though, let's transition over to some sports. Um, again, this is the Sanchez Show, the sports podcast influenced by hip hop. So we got to talk about some sports, man. Um, the biggest news coming out of this weekend was Cam Newton signing with the New England Patriots. And I hinted at this 
several months ago. If you follow me on social media, uh, look back to a post I had put up back in March. Uh, if you don't, head over, check me out on social media, man. Like I said, I put up sports debates and opinions all the time. Um, but I, I thought this would be a good landing spot. And I don't want to sound like Nostradamus and, oh, I, I predicted it. I knew it was going to happen. Listen, a lot of people thought New England would be in the market for a quarterback. A lot of names were thrown out there. Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton. Um, you know, would would they make a trade for a possible quarterback? Would they try to draft a quarterback? Um, Cam Newton's name was floated around as well. And I ultimately thought it was the most unique pairing and the best case scenario for Cam Newton to land in New England. Um, we know the creativity uh, that comes out of the New England Patriots um, coaching staff with Josh McDaniels and the things he does on offense and Bill Belichick's um, vision to say, hey, look, when a game is going left, we need to be going right. We need to be ahead of the curve. We need to understand how the league is changing. And he's never had a mobile quarterback. He's never had this type of offensive weapon that they could now manipulate the defense with RPOs. Um, for those that don't know, that's run pass option. Uh, they can manipulate the defense with bootlegs. Uh, you know, they can manipulate the defense with just Cam's mobility and getting them on the run. So they can do a lot of things now. I think we're going to see a bounce back from the Patriots offense. Last year, they struggled. They weren't able to run the ball. Uh, their receivers never really took that next step they needed. I think with Cam, his ability, his mobility, just his talent offensively. I'm not saying he's better than Tom Brady, so I don't want anybody to take it there. But he can do more things than Tom Brady at this stage in his career. Tom Brady was never a mobile quarterback, and at 40-plus years old, he damn sure wasn't about to start running around now. Cam Newton can extend plays. He's, he's a guy built similar to Ben Roethlisberger, but with better legs. Um, so in a, And he's a better athlete. So he's a guy who can do some things um, that will allow now Josh McDaniels to open up the playbook to things that they weren't able to do in the past. And I want to see the impact Cam can have if he's fully healthy, and I believe he is. If he's fully healthy, I expect his impact and his presence alone, the, the bravado, the swagger that he brings, to make things better for Sonny Michelle, for Nikhil Harry, for that offensive line, because he's going to be able to do things that will elevate those guys' play. They don't have to be much better than they were last year. But they just got to be ready to go because Cam Newton can elevate you. He's a guy who's won an MVP in the league, and no matter how you feel about his accuracy, he's still a playmaker on the field. He's a guy who isn't scared of the big moment. So I'm interested to see how this plays out. Um Again, like I said, for Cam, this is the best-case scenario. He's never had this type of coaching staff. No disrespect to Ron Rivera, but Ron Rivera is not Bill Belichick. And he's never had this, this type of weapons. You know, Cam only was able to play with Christian McCaffrey for a short amount of time. The best receiver he's probably had during his career was Steve Smith, which was towards the tail end of, of Steve's career. So I, I love uh, this pairing, and I want to see how it plays out this upcoming season. If Cam Newton is healthy... I think the Patriots are still the best team in the uh, AFC East. Sorry, Buffalo. Sorry to the Jets. This move alone elevates them. We're talking about a team that had a top five defense last year, now adding an ex-MVP at quarterback whose mobility will, will strike fear in a lot of defensive coordinators' hearts. So, And, and just looking around the league and seeing the tweets from uh, other players, there's a respect there. Guys know what Cam can do when he's healthy. If he's healthy... The Patriots got to steal. 
able to sign him for a veteran minimum, just over a million dollars with incentives. It only goes up to about $7 million. That's the equivalent of paying Ryan Fitzpatrick while possibly getting MVP caliber production. So Bill Belichick has done it again. He's found a way to navigate through the NFL free agency without spending uh, big money. Shout out to him, man. Um, let's get into a little NFL. Oh, I'm sorry, NBA talk. Um, it, it, it all is. Listen, the NBA situation is very tricky, and I talked about this on episode two. Um, I, I want to start off with the hurdles that the NBA is still going to have to clear to get playing again within a month. Um, a lot of states were starting to open up and go into quote unquote phase two. But we're seeing the numbers continue to rise again. Um, there's always this thought um, that there will be a second wave by the end of the summer. Um, I will salute the NBA, though, as, as I've talked about before, taking the initiative to try to keep the Black Lives Matter movement going, keep the conversation going, keep the attention on the social issues taking place within our country right now. They have already confirmed that they will be um, promoting a Black Lives Matter um, logo on the court during the games in Orlando. We're also hearing about the players being able to put a uh, social message on the back of their jersey, um, which are all very interesting things um, and things that I think help ease the, the concerns of the players who wondered if going back was going to distract the world from what's going on right now. And so the NBA is doing a great job of saying, we understand your concerns. We want to address those concerns in a way that makes you feel comfortable to come back to work. So kudos to the NBA on that. However, um, the coronavirus is still taking a toll on the NBA. Um, you know, we know there are some players who won't be reporting. Um, the Nets recently had Wilson Chandler say he's not going. We knew Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving weren't going. Um now DeAndre Jordan tested positive. He won't be going. The Nets are missing five guys from their team that won't be reporting to Orlando for one reason or another. And the reason that's important is now we're going to get into a point of if you don't feel your team is going to compete, if you don't feel it's worth the risk, if you're an upcoming free agent and don't want to run the risk of getting injured, why would you report to Orlando? And that's a big issue for the NBA because they want to keep this thing still competitive. They still want to put a productive product on the court and on your television screen. They want you to tune in. And if you're telling me that the Nets are missing four key contributors from their team and they're probably an automatic first round exit, why should I tune into any one of those games? More importantly, What's stopping other players who feel like their teams don't have a chance from saying, I'm not going either? And it starts to dilute the product. It becomes very tough. I think the NBA is going to have to navigate this um, very carefully because you want to encourage players to come. And what some people may not understand is for the NBA to be able to recoup all of their TV money this year, they need these preliminary games to be played before the start of the so-called playoffs. In order for them to recoup that money because of their contract with the networks, they've got to have an on average of teams playing 70 regular season games before the playoffs. And so they need these 22 teams to kind of complete the season 
so that they get to that mark of 70 games on average played. On average, every team won't play that because we know some teams aren't going to Orlando. But the 22 teams there would kind of drive the average up, allow the NBA to recoup the money that they need out of the situation while still putting the product out there for the consumer. So it becomes a, a, a slippery slope that the NBA has to navigate now and figuring out how to encourage guys who may not really have a shot of playing for anything more than just a paycheck right now. And for some guys, the paycheck isn't worth it when they consider their health, when they consider that they're going to have to be isolated for their, from their families for a few months, when they've got to consider that they're running a risk of wear and tear on their body after not playing for the last three and a half, four months by the time the, the season starts up again. So NBA is going to have to, you know, navigate this very carefully. Um, we also saw J.R. Smith signing with the Lakers. Not a big shock. It's something that was rumored for a while. Uh, him and LeBron have a great relationship, despite the meme that always floats around uh, from the NBA Finals a few years ago. Uh, J.R. will help. I've been very critical of the Lakers' uh, backcourt supporting cast. I know it's all about LeBron and AD. However, they needed a guard who can give them uh, some three-point shooting, who can give them some perimeter defense. J.R. Smith does that. He also gives you flashes of offense. Um, I've seen video of him, and he, he looks like he's been in shape all this time. So maybe the time off has allowed him to get his legs under him as well and come in um, fresher than most guys will. Um, but I, I do like the move for the Lakers, and I think it's a move that upgrades their talent because he is better than Avery Bradley. So we'll see how that plays out. But we got to keep an eye on the, on the NBA. Um, Major League Baseball is kind of facing the same thing as well. There, there are a couple hurdles for Major League Baseball as they try to start up uh, or, or get their season started because they never had a, a spring training. They never got the season underway. And here they are four months later still trying to figure it out as well. Um, two big things came out in the news today. One, uh, state of Arizona is shutting down for 30 days and possibly even extended beyond that. So they've regressed. They were in phase two. The numbers continue to spike. Now they've got to regress and do another 30-day shutdown. That's big for Major League Baseball. One, there's a Major League Baseball team out there, uh, of course. But two, it also lends to the mindset of if Arizona is willing to, to take a step back and say, nope, we need to shut it down again. Now, how does that start to affect the other states near in proximity to Arizona? Will they also start to say, we need to go back to shutdown mode? For Major League Baseball, they don't need any other hurdles in their way. They need to get this thing going. Right now, the Arizona Diamondbacks players were supposed to report on July 1st in Arizona to start working out for a potential restart of the season in late July. Their players can't do that now. So how will that affect every other team? Will the Diamondbacks be in a situation where they may have to train somewhere else for a month or two until Arizona opens back up? If they go that route, how is that going to affect scheduling? How is that going to affect their games? You know, will that start to turn players off and feel like, nope, it's too risky. I don't want to leave the state knowing this is going on. So that's one aspect of it. The second aspect of it, and as we talked about with the NBA, and I think at some point we're going to have this conversation with the NFL, is players who don't want to report. Uh, today, Ryan Zimmerman of the World Series champion Nationals. We saw the Major League Baseball schedule come out. The Nationals and the Yankees are set to kick off the, the restart of the season. He has said, I will not be reporting, uh, stating family issues and just a concern over COVID. 
Ryan Zimmerman is probably the greatest Washington Nationals player ever. All right. He's going to hold most of the records. He's the longest standing player there. He was there when the team moved from the ex uh, from Montreal to Washington. Uh, he has been the face of the franchise for quite some time. Him saying that, again, leads me to believe that there are other players who feel the same way. And even though he isn't a marquee player anymore, he's he's not an all-star anymore. Um, still a good player, still a solid, serviceable player. But the last thing Major League Baseball needs is their big names to start saying, nope, I don't think I should report either. It's not worth the risk of my health. Um, it's not worth me being separated from my family. It's also not worth the risk of me possibly getting injured in an abbreviated season as I try to work my way back. So Major League Baseball probably has the biggest challenge of any sport because they weren't able to get started at all. Every day that goes by, they're losing out an opportunity to get the game going. Um, as I mentioned, they will, they are hoping to get it started by the end of July, but there are still a lot of obstacles between now and then that could prevent this season from starting. And we've got to see how it plays out. This COVID thing is no joke, people. And we need to take it seriously. And I know people are starting to have cabin fever. And I know people want to get back out there and mingle, socialize, be around their friends. Summertime, you want to get the grill on. You, you want to take the kids outside. But we've got to understand that we're only a few months removed from when all this really started happening within our country. And the numbers continue to spike in a lot of different places. And the more and more we're outside and mingling and socializing, the more we put ourselves at risk of spreading this thing and also and ultimately possibly getting hurt. I mean, getting sick or hurting someone else. Um, there are still positive cases popping up every day by the hundreds. So we are not out of the woods on this thing yet. And for sports, this could be the biggest deterrent in us actually seeing some of these sports again this year. I've been on the record and I said it last episode. I think the NFL will get pushed back. They've already canceled their Hall of Fame game. It looks like their preseason is going to be delayed. I wouldn't be surprised if they push it back. The NBA is still trying to overcome some hurdles. All right. They, the NBA has got to figure out how to safely keep these players in Orlando without putting them at harm's risk of coming in contact with someone who has COVID. And let's not forget, we hear all this talk about the bubble and the players being in Walt Disney at the bubble. But the staff that works there doesn't live in that bubble. The staff that works there is going to be going home. The staff that works there is going to be mingling with, with other people when they're not at work. That's the risk that the NBA is facing. And now Major League Baseball is seeing one of their team's state shut down for 30 days when they were hoping to get players going within the next few days. So it's a lot to digest. It's a lot going on. More importantly, though, we've got to take this thing day by day and start keeping our asses in the house. That being said, man, this is episode three of the Sanchez Show. As I mentioned before, if you got a topic you'd like me to discuss, or if even if you want to come on and, and, and discuss it with me, I'm willing to open up the platform for anybody. But until then, make sure you follow me on all social media. Again, that's Legend in Two Games. Subscribe to the podcast. Stay tuned. Episode four will be up in a few days. But until then, peace.